0: From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. It is Michigan, Michigan State Week. It does not get bigger than this. I was, I was running through it in my mind. I've decided this is the, the biggest game for Michigan football since the 2018 Michigan-Ohio State football game. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to preview the keys for Michigan's offense, the keys for Michigan's defense. Take a look at our weekly over-unders, our, our predictions for the game, what we think is going to happen and what we think can happen on Saturday Lots of preview content at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Be sure to check it out if you haven't. There'll be There's already plenty up, and then there will be more up in the coming day or so. Steve, we can jump right into it. The biggest key, let's start on Michigan's offense. They actually did all right against Michigan State last season, but I think the Spartans have, have improved their defense. What do you think is the biggest key for the Wolverines when, when they have the ball in this game?
1: I mean, the more statistics you look at, I feel like Michigan's just got to almost kind of keep doing what they're doing. I don't think there's a lot of talk that McNamara needs to have like a breakout game or, which I would say, if he plays his best game of the season, I think Michigan wins and they could win comfortably just based on the way it
0: doesn't, it doesn't hurt when your quarterback plays his best game of the season. Right,
1: right. But I do think that there is a ceiling there for Michigan that, if he plays his best game, that Michigan should win. I mean, because there are teams that they can play still this season, maybe Penn State, Ohio State, if they could play his best game and maybe it's not enough. Against Michigan State, I feel like it would be enough. You see all these third down numbers for Michigan State, the amount of plays their defense is on the field, has been on the field for. I just It feels like if Michigan can just kind of play the way they've played, run the ball, sustain long drives, this just kind of feels like another one of those games where Michigan could wear the opposing defense out over the long haul of the game. So for for me offensively, I think it's, um, uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it type game. Honestly, the more I've looked into this and, and seen what each of these teams is kind of made of that. That's what we talked about a little bit in the Northwestern recap was whether or not, you know, Michigan, you know, could they get away with something like this? in a in, a, in a, a bigger game as far as, like, keep playing this way, I kind of still think this is another game that they could they could really do that. I know Michigan State's rush defense is better than, what, everybody except Wisconsin that they've played. But those statistics for how many plays, like, what are they – we said they're last in the nation or second to last in the country in the amount of plays they've played in defensively. That just plays right into how Michigan has been beating teams up. So – I say you keep doing what they're doing, and then uh, you're going to have to throw the football. Obviously, I'm not saying this isn't going to be Washington, but I do think Michigan can can get away with McNamara playing game manager and them trying to run the football.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm not quite as sure. Um, one thing that's that's I would caution to Michigan State fans or not Michigan State fans people scouting Michigan State based on the statistics is they've had a very skewed schedule in terms of they've played a lot of like high tempo, extremely high passing teams, teams that pass the ball a ton. Um, and and that, that does lead to more plays because if, if you think about it, like if you complete maybe half of your passes, that's you're basically doing two plays, whereas running you might be doing one. But, you know, they play, they, they face 47 pass attempts per game Western Kentucky passes more than anybody in the country. They threw for 65 passes. I think, uh, Miami threw for 60, Indiana threw for 55. So, so, you know, they some of these high play or high passing yard stats are, are not as bad as it might look. It's just, they just happen to have played a couple of the highest tempo teams in the country. Still, um, Feels, feels like this is the, the most important thing Michigan can do in this game is just avoid the predictable downs. Because I think Michigan State has, has a better defensive front than anyone Michigan has faced except Wisconsin. I think that there will be times where Michigan State will win that matchup in the trenches. And so I think the big thing is just avoid the predictable downs because in rushing downs, I think Michigan State can, can get a stop. In passing downs, you know, led by Panashuk. I think they can get to the quarterback and Michigan has mostly done well in pass protection, but I I will say against Wisconsin and against Nebraska, they allowed double digit quarterback pressures. And even though only a a couple of those plays ended up leading to sacks, it, it, some of those plays were, I would say ruined based on the quarterback pressures that were, that were provided. So, um, avoid the predictability and then I, I'm with you on this in terms of doing what they're doing. If they can keep finding those tight ends, I think that is such a a secret weapon because that that forces teams to decide. That puts them in conflict on if they want to really stack the box, really get after the quarterback, or make sure that, that the tight ends are defended. You know, Northwestern, their approach was stop the run as much as you can, but really don't let the deep ball beat you. And, and, it, and it worked. I mean, Michigan only completed one pass, 10 or more yards downfield. But at the same time, you know, we saw in that two-minute drill, Michigan was very comfortable finding very open tight ends and, and just kind of, uh, I guess, gradually getting downfield. So you know, Michigan State's defense, kind of a tough defense to figure out to me. I, I can't quite tell um, how good it is. It definitely seems fairly good. But, you know, you think about Indiana, you're absolutely right. They were, Indiana was able to get back into the game, sustain drives. And I think I'd be curious what the splits are for Michigan state in the fourth, third and fourth quarter versus the first half, you know, because you you saw Nebraska clawed its way back into the game, Indiana kind of hung around more than I think most people expected them to, especially after that, after that pick six Um, didn't, watch the Miami game. I know they didn't hang around, but, but some of these other, other contests, like, is there an opportunity for Michigan to, as you said, wear Michigan state's defense down, not necessarily in the first few drives, but over the course of the whole game, because I will say that is something Michigan's offense has been able to do a lot this season. I mean, how many times have they gone into the, into halftime up 10, 7, 13 to 10, um, you know, maybe 13 nothing. I think, was one. You know, with the exception of the Rutgers game, they've really been more of a third quarter is when they strike kind of team. You know, they, they, they play physical. They move the ball fine. But then in that third quarter, they make the halftime adjustments. They have a little bit more physicality, a little bit more energy. And then that's when they start to strike. If that – if I mean, because, like, if Michigan could go into halftime maybe up by three – then I think you have to like their chances of that happening a little bit. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're right, though. One of the most mystifying things, they're 129th in the country in play defensive plays per game. And I, I don't know if that is just coincidental based on the teams they've played because their, their other defensive numbers aren't even close to that bad. You know, they're 57th in third down percentage, but everything else, they're top 40. So
1: just kind of an interest, like, yeah, they've played some teams that maybe play up tempo, but they've also played some, some pretty crap teams too, though. Like teams that you think they'd be stacking three and outs against you talk about Youngstown state, um, Western Kentucky. I know Western isn't Western Kentucky's all right this year, maybe, but yeah, they got
0: a killer offense. Right.
1: So, but either way, and, and Ruck, I don't think Rutgers is lighting the world on fire in tempo. Um, So just like you look for outlying stats, Uh, that's a big outlying stat to me, and it's an outlying stat that really it does. It kind of plays into the way Michigan likes to offense. You know, like it's extended drives, run the ball, beat teams up, set the tone, right? That's what our Haskins phrase is set the tone, you know, and and, then, yeah. So that was interesting.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and 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 I will say there aren't any other good teams at that section of the rankings for plays Face, I mean, the team that's worse than them is Connecticut. Other teams toward the bottom, Hawaii, Memphis, Tennessee, Kent State, Ohio, Bowling, a lot of back teams. Interesting. Bowling Green, Ball State, LSU, Eastern Michigan, Washington State. I mean, you know, it's not like there's another top 15 top 20 top 25 team that is having this this weird situation so uh could be coincidental could be a sign as you mentioned of of you know maybe they can maybe they can force a lot of third downs but they're also not getting off the field not uh, you know slamming the door shut i think that's you know i always look at drives where the team cannot sustain something you know whether it's three plays, four plays, I think, against Northwestern, Michigan held the Wildcats to two drives that lasted more than four plays. That is closing the door shut, right? Whether it's a three and out or you give up one first down, then you kind of put the clamps down. Does Is, is that an issue for Michigan State where that, that's something that Michigan can exploit? Is Because I'm sure Michigan... I mean the way they've run the ball this year. I'm sure they would love a drive. That's I mean they had a 15 play 55 yard field goal drive on Saturday. I mean they're all, they're comfortable going a little bit at a time. They they like the chunk plays, of course, but but if they can hang on to the football for a long time, and that's another area where Michigan State has struggled. Um, you know if they can control that clock a little bit, I don't think Michigan would be would mind that at all. And I do think they have the personnel to. Do it. I will say one, one other key for the offense is that red zone offense. I, I, I suspect Michigan will have chances to score. It's just a matter of points per opportunity. And that's, you know, that's something we talked about a little bit more on Sunday, but when the field tightens and, and the, the receivers are tasked with doing more of the dirty work to create separation, just because there's more safeties and defensive backs in a close proximity that red zone offense you know, teams are obviously going to play for the run. I really like the plays where they have Eric Alls a fullback. Um, you know, just really kind of go old school Harbaugh. But is that something that they can do every time? You know, what do can they can they find a red zone passing offense? I remember the twenty eighteen game at Michigan State. They probably could have won that game by thirty points but they did not convert several times going into Michigan State territory. And so that's, that's another smaller key. I probably should have led with that one, but uh, we did discuss it on Sunday as well. Switching over to the defense, I, I do think you and I are in agreement. Michigan's defense does match up well against Michigan State's offense. Michigan has cut the big plays, the big passing plays out this year and and has really done a nice job tackling they do not miss a lot of tackles Uh, one of the better teams in the country at it very good run defense especially up the middle what is the biggest key for the Wolverines on defense in this game
1: Uh, I still think it's I still think slowing down Walker because I think if Walker can get going it'll it will open up that that big play I think Michigan obviously more than capable of shutting down Walker I mean if we're being honest the two best teams that Michigan state has faced in Nebraska and Indiana have both had a pretty good amount of success in slowing him down. Um, Not taken away from what he's done, the the statistics he's put up are insane, no matter who you're playing uh, at at a power five program. So, you know, he's obviously a guy best running back Michigan's faced from Michigan state for probably in probably like the last six or seven years, I would assume. So, you know the guy's capable of. He's a big play maker on his own. So you know there's always possibility of a home run hitter. I just think it is a situation if Michigan's front seven can kind of control up front and and kind of slow him down and, and keep him from breaking a couple big runs that it'll it'll make life a lot easier for the defensive backs in in, in stopping that big play passing threat because you know Michigan State's going to try to throw the ball down the field. Uh, it's literally how they won last year's game. And I think that they're going to continue, despite Michigan the success that you mentioned. I think Michigan State is going to test those same guys that they tested last season in in, in a similar situation, and to see if they can really kind of almost like a, until you can prove it, do it. And 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 their passing attack is a lot better than it was last year. Um, you know, so there's so there's that aspect of it as well. But I, I think if they control the the, the line of scrimmage. What's the stat? Isn't this one of the games where the stat, like the team that's run for more yards has won like 20 of the last 21 seasons or something ridiculous? Like, you know, and and that's where I think this is, I don't think this game is going to be any different. I think if they can control that line of scrimmage up front, uh, make life a lot easier for uh, Vincent Gray, Jamon Green, uh, to let guys like Hawkins and Hill assist and and help them slow down that passing attack.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go with the other end. I, I think they have to I think they have to show early that they they aren't going to give up the big passing plays. This is um, something Michigan has improved a lot in. Uh, You know, I, I put the stat on, on Twitter and in my story last night, last season, Vincent gray, Jamon green, Brad Hawkins, Daxton Hill allowed it when they were in coverage allowed opponents to notch 958 yards on 58 completions with five touchdowns allowed and just one interception. I mean, that's, I think that's north of 17 yards per completion and a 1,000 yards almost in six games. This year in seven games, they have allowed 55 completions, so a similar amount of completions actually, um, just a little bit less than last year, but only 592 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. So to me, that says that they that they have figured out at least how to cut out some of the big plays. I I still think this is probably the weak link of Michigan's defense is, is downfield coverage. I I think some of those numbers are a little bit skewed because they just haven't faced a ton of great downfield passing offenses this season. I mean, Rutgers throws the ball a lot, but they, they really love doing like the screens, the three yard passing plays, you know, those kind of things. Northwestern, same deal. Um, You know, Wisconsin, Washington, I don't think, really have that much downfield passing attack unless they're desperate. And uh, and then Nebraska actually had a very good passing game against the Wolverines. So I, I still a little untested in the secondary, but I think there's more confidence. I think there's more experience. I mean, literally those four guys all are back and starting again. Plus you add in D.J. Turner, who is believed to be the most athletic among the rotation cornerbacks. He's the quickest and the fastest. Um, you know, add in RJ Moten, who, who at the very least is adding some depth to the safety room. He hasn't been tested a ton in coverage, but but he's there to play it if, if needed. Um, so, yeah, the secondary has improved a lot. I think the big question is just how how much is it improved? Because as you mentioned, the passing attack of Michigan State is better than it was a season ago. It's more consistent. It's more reliable. Um, they have a better quarterback. So I, I I'm very curious. Oh, go ahead.
1: Well, no, I was going to say one thing. I'm kind of interested to see if Michigan State does on Saturday. You know, I think one of the things that Nebraska had a really a lot of success in was misdirection in the passing game. I'm interested. I, I looked at the stats, and I guess I was a little surprised. Is Michigan State doesn't really seem to get Walker heavily involved in the passing game. I thought we'd see. I thought I'd see more catches and maybe more yardage from him in those situations. And it doesn't seem like they really use him a lot. I'm kind of curious to see if they throw him in there a little bit more as a potential receiving threat, whether that's screens or however, I, I'm just interested to see if Michigan state kind of diversifies the way they get him the football to maybe help open things up a little bit. Cause that's like, that's the thing I remember most about the Nebraska game was it just, it felt like that a lot of their biggest plays were on sort of misdirection style uh, schemes and stuff, you know, to make the, to make the actual act of throwing the ball to the receiver easy and then just allowing the receiver to uh, sort of make the play with the ball in their hands. So I could see Michigan state, you know, teams like Michigan state is always going to have something up their sleeves in this game. Walker's a dynamic player can see them maybe trying to change up the way they get in the ball uh, to, to help everybody else.
0: Yeah. And, and, I think Michigan shutting down the obvious stuff is the best chance to win. I mean, you can, you can try to be wary of the trick play, but honestly you might overthink if you're doing that. If they stop the deep ball enough and they stop, I almost said Kareem Walker, Kenneth Walker enough, then, then they'll be in good position. You know, you want, you want Michigan state to do the trick plays, because they have to not because they, they they've got you kind of on your heels a little bit um, and and as far as the deep passes just to kind of round out what, what I was thinking of I mean the, the big thing is just consistency Michigan State actually only completed like 54 percent of its passes last season against Michigan but they were for 19 yards per completion and so basically they were just chucking 50, 50 balls the whole game. I think they they were 17 for 32 passing the ball. Um, So sometimes Michigan had some success in the secondary, but sometimes they didn't. So I think the big thing will be just four quarters of it, the whole game, because yeah, they'll, they'll happily send it downfield. Any, any, um, any down, any part of the drive. They're a little bit more aggressive than, than Michigan is in that, in that sense. So or other teams Michigan has played. And then the other thing I would add is um, if, there, if there's a true, like if you're getting real specific, I think the true weakness is, is Michigan's linebacker pass coverage. I, I think they answered the bell a little bit against Northwestern, but overall the numbers just aren't pretty. And I've always said teams that have three, four receiving attacks, or options I should say, uh, three or four guys who can be legit hundred yard game kind of guys, they're going to try to get those linebackers in coverage as much as possible. So, so that's another thing is just, um, making sure that your matchups aren't mismatches, make sure you don't have a middle linebacker on a slot receiver, uh, or, or, you know, that Walker isn't just completely roaming free with, with, um, you know, tons of yards to go. Northwestern had a couple plays like that with the slip screen. So, um, there's a lot of keys, but, but I do think ultimately kind of like Michigan chances of winning the defensive side of the ball more often than not, you know, I think they can slow down Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. I think they can make the tackles. That's the big thing. Michigan state has played a lot of teams that are just brutal tackling teams. I'd be very curious about how they match up against the Wisconsin, a team that, that can stop the run that doesn't. Arm tackle that really brings guys down, Um, you know, plays really physical. Because as much as I I think Indiana and Nebraska, I mean, obviously Nebraska gave Michigan a game. I think Indiana has the chance to as well if they're healthy. I don't think they have the physical presence in the trenches and in that front seven, as you kind of mentioned. So, anyways, those are our keys to the matchup. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll talk about uh, our over/unders, some additional storylines, if there are anything uh, else to discuss, and then our final predictions for the matchup. You're listening to the Wolverine 24/7 podcast. Welcome back. Thanks for waiting, Steve. Real quick, I mean, we've heard the press conferences for for both teams this week. You know, there's there's some some storylines are just noise, right? Like, I mean, the the you know, there's some things that are just it's just the nature of rivalry week, but anything really stand out to you that, that is either changing how you view this matchup or, or something that you're keeping an eye on in the game, just things that have been said here and there.
1: I mean, not particularly, I was going to ask you about the Vincent gray comment last night about not knowing who Ricky white was is I, I, I kind of feel like that was a, the, the reaction to that was a little bit of an overreaction.
0: Yeah, I think that's
1: fair. Considering Ricky White literally had one catch before that and has literally had one catch since that game period in his entire career. He had eight for 196 against Michigan. And the rest of his career, he has two catches for like 18 yards or something. Uh, Thought that was kind of a little bit of an overreaction that Michigan didn't know exactly who he was or whatever. Uh, But... I just – this is one of the rare times in this rivalry where I think Michigan is going to be coming in with a bigger chip on their shoulder. Like I said, I think, I think there – I think it was an embarrassing loss last year regardless of the circumstances as far as the opt-outs and COVID and all the other stuff that was going on. Uh, I just think Michigan has a really bad taste in their mouth uh, in the way that – particularly on the defensive side of the ball – um, not just losing but the way they lost so a lot of times i feel like in this rivalry i feel like the intangibles or the the other the non on the field stuff is kind of always tilted in michigan state's favor because nobody's given them a shot or or michigan's undefeated or you know i think this year i think it's slightly on michigan's side i don't know if that'll make a difference or not you know cuz the other thing that i really thought was an overreaction a couple people mentioned on our board was like kind of a weird angle, but if Michigan, cause Michigan state has so many transfers, are there their new players really going to understand that? Like, will they be fired up? And I'm like, you know, if, if Michigan state was three <laughs> and four right now, maybe that would be something we could talk about, but this is an undefeated top 10 matchup <laughs> to stay atop the big 10 East. Uh, there should be no shortage of motivation, regardless of who you are and where you've come from, uh, regardless of who you're playing. So I thought that was kind of a wacky wonky one too. So, um, but otherwise, no, I am just, I am interested to see how Michigan's corners play. I know they've had this game circled for a long time because it it was, I mean, you talk about a guy like Vince Gray specifically uh, guarantee he's been wondering or waiting for this game for months and, uh, and they're going to get tested, no doubt. So otherwise, I mean, I don't know. I just, like I said, I still feel like Michigan is not the best matchup for Michigan state on paper Uh, and the better team more often than not has, has won this game uh, over the years. You know, you talk about Michigan state's nice run they had under D'Antonio more often than not, Michigan state was easily the better team of the two. There were not very many upsets during that, that, that period of time. So um, overall, I, I feel relatively, close to how I felt coming out of the Northwestern game. I do think one thing, I think Michigan state is a little bit better in the trenches on both sides than maybe Michigan fans are giving them credit for. Uh, But I also think that Michigan on the other side of the coin, I think Michigan's Walker, I don't know if Walker's the best between he Haskins and Corum, but I would take Michigan's one, two combo over Walker any day of the week uh having a second having two guys that play at that high of a level is so much more valuable than having one because if you shut walker down i don't really know where michigan state can kind of really go with michigan it really feels like that regard almost regardless of the opponent that one of those two guys is capable of getting going just cuz they have different styles different abilities. I mean, yeah, we've seen plenty of instances where they both get going, but it just, it's such a, almost a perfect dynamic uh, for the running game that I think it's, it's going to be tough to slow both of them down. uh, If you're Michigan state.
0: Yeah. uh, Real quick on the Ricky white stuff. I, I think it's still relevant. It did get blown out of proportion. I think Michigan state fans seem to be obsessed with Michigan players not knowing someone on the like like the whole joe milton anton simmons thing last year let's be very clear michigan knew who anton simmons was. i mean he was from ann arbor he was a four-star prospect from ann arbor they absolutely knew who he was he was michigan state's leading tackler i think that was either joe milton not wanting to give credit or joe milton just not paying attention in game plan i don't think that was representative of the whole team as far as ricky white i'm with you uh it's fair to maybe not have totally known who Ricky white was. He was in the two deep though. I mean, he was a top 500 receiver recruit in the previous class from Georgia and he was in the two deep, but I think to me, it's more emblematic that someone that they didn't even know who he was had 196 receiving yards. That's how bad the secondary was last year. They were not ready. They got completely blindsided. They had clearly no idea that Michigan State was going to pass the ball deep that much. And they had no idea how to handle it. I mean, the fundamental mistakes. You know, I, I, if you if you really want to relive it, go ask like a former defensive coach, whether it's high school, college, or pros, to go rewatch some of those passing plays and just watch them pull their hair out on these very fixable mistakes in the secondary. And so the, the, the big question will just be, can Michigan improve enough? I mean, I I still think Michigan State's going to have some deep passes. I, I think it'd be silly to act like Michigan can't lose that matchup here and there. It's just a matter of how often they lose. You know, can they can they shut it down two thirds of the time? If they do, Michigan probably really likes chances in that in that game. Um, you know, it, can they? If it's a twenty yard completion. Can they shut down the yards after the catch, right? Can they, can they keep it at 20 instead of letting it be 46 or, you know, 60 or something like that? So, um, yeah, it did get blown a little out of proportion, but at the same time, Michigan's defense clearly was not doing a good job preparing last season. That was clear in every game. Vincent gray has talked about it. Jamon green has talked about it. Um, they were going into games unprepared. And if teams had their number, they didn't know how to schematically react. I think they're a little bit more multiple this season. They think they could disguise coverage a little bit better. Um, well, they can disguise coverage. Period. <laughs> that was something that was very noticeably missing last season. And so I think it's it to me it's it, the the actual not knowing who Ricky White was. You know that's that's more like the rivalry stuff. Michigan State fans have more to say about that comment than than Michigan fans do but but it was to me emblematic of just how bad things were last season so the question is just how how much have they improved um yeah you know, I, I it's I like your point about would you rather have Coram and Haskins or just Walker? because I do think Walker I think I would take him over the other two at this particular moment but um but, yeah, I think, I think having two could help with a 60-minute game uh, over the course of, you know, because think about Corum and Haskins. They can generate 45 carries for you without either of them going maybe above their typical workload. If, if Walker's carrying the ball 45 times, he's probably not at the same speed or, or capability by the end of the game as he was at the beginning. I mean, I know Chris Perry prove that wrong in this rivalry uh, a couple decades ago, but it is 2021 now. So um, yeah, going to be, going to be interesting trench battle too. I, I actually think Michigan state's offensive line is, is very good. Um, you know, they, they're, they're grading out better than Michigan's is in pro football focus. I, I do think Michigan, Michigan's defensive line is, is slightly better than Michigan state's defensive line, but really it just takes a couple plays here and there for that to be completely um irrelevant anyways let's get to our over unders these are provided as always by by our good friend via azul on the message board goes by neil on on twitter got eight of them last week i got six out of eight right you got five out of eight right so good week for us uh i am at 28 of 47 for the year you're at 25 of 47 number one 209.5 209.5 yards combined rushing for Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum. I'll take this one first. I'm going to take the under on this, actually. I think 200 will be my, if they get to 200, I think that Michigan has like its chance of winning. I, I, I still think Michigan can win, but I think 200 will be harder. It's worth remembering Rutgers and Wisconsin both held, Mich- held the Michigan period to 112 rushing yards. There's a little bit more scouting, a little bit more film on these two. I think they can get close to 200. I am not predicting them to get 210 or more. I think that will be a, a big point of emphasis for Michigan State. Every, everyone's stacking the box against Michigan at this point, but I think Michigan State, one, has the personnel to do it, and two, will absolutely try to like completely dare carried McNamara to throw and, and, and see what happens. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'll go under as well. 209 feels a little bit high uh, for a rivalry game. Michigan State's decent against the run. I think good enough. And like you said, I think, you know, big game on the road, particularly. And I know, I think Michigan State's pass defense has been mediocre, right? I mean, hard to tell
0: because they've faced so many pass-heavy teams. Right.
1: Um, that... You know, either way, I think yeah, I think it's it'd be foolish of Michigan State to not try to make McNamara beat you. Um, so yeah, they're going to put everything they can into slowing down the run. Uh, Two oh nine seems a little high, so I'll go in the under.
0: Yeah, for the for the numbers as we mentioned with the passing game, um, Michigan State is number twelve in the country in passing yards per attempt allowed. They are number twenty seven in passer rating allowed. But then they are 121st in passing yards per game allowed. That's completely opponent dependent. But then the part that I think is interesting, 83rd in completion percentage allowed. So they've allowed some of these like dink and dunk teams to actually work their way down the field. They they don't allow a lot of big passing plays. I actually looked this up last night. They've allowed 205 completions this season, but only five of them have gone for 30 or more yards. Uh, I thought that was very interesting and a big sign that they are genuinely a Ben, don't break pass defense. All right. Number two, JJ McCarthy has five and a half rushing plus passing attempts. I think last week he had eight, nine. Boy, 5.5 is right around where I would think it would be. I'll take, I'll take the over. I think Michigan is increasing his role. I think that they're aware that Cade McNamara is not necessarily answer on every snap so i think they're still just gonna try to try to work their five-star freshman quarterback in uh yeah i'll take the over but that that is a little bit of a guess your thoughts
1: i'll go with the over as well i think he i think he plays i think i think he's got to throw the ball a couple more times though on saturday than he has if if this is you know you don't want this to turn into a And I know he threw the ball a few times against Northwestern, but that was when the game was totally out of hand. I think in in an actual real situation, I think Michigan needs him to – they need to be able to try to throw the ball with him at least once because then it's just going to turn into like a McDoom type thing where where the defense is just going to expect it and uh, they'll be able to slow that down. So, no, I say over, and I think that's what they do. I think we'll see him maybe throw a deep ball or something early on.
0: Yeah, I think – you also have to think about his own health. I mean, he's—I'm sure Michigan fans love that he's leaning into these runs, you know, taking a tackle instead of sliding. Uh, Michigan State's going to hit in a way that to hurt. I mean, not—not that—not in like necessarily a dirty way, but they are just a more physical team, and this is a physical rivalry matchup. Um, probably better to keep McCarthy upright as much as possible if you're thinking about the the longevity of the season. Yeah, I, I think they get him involved. Six six pass or rush attempts combined. Yeah, he's probably going to be around there, um, if not higher. All right, 4.5 completed passes that go for at least 15 yards by Michigan quarterbacks. And, and Neil notes that last week there was just one. Steve, what do you think for this one?
1: That includes yards after catch? Yes. Ooh. That's a tough one. I'll say over barely. I'm surprised there was only one last week. I do think, I think you mentioned earlier though, something I, I'll talk about this a little bit in the prediction. I think the tight ends are even more involved on Saturday. That's one area. I don't know if Michigan state has really been tested too heavily necessarily. Um, and I think Eric all has quietly become one of Michigan's better players over the last three or four weeks. Um He's he's catching the ball now more consistently. He's been a real asset in the blocking game. That's a play action situation where Michigan can possibly exploit. So I think they have a few plays, few plays, maybe some yards after the catch type deal where they get over 15. I'll say over.
0: I'm gonna take the under. I, I do agree with you on on Eric all, by the way. That's um, not necessarily what this over under was about, but but yeah, I thought he might you could make a case he was Michigan's best offensive player. He was my unsung hero in my write-up, but, um, but yeah, you can make a case. He was Michigan's best player offensively in that game. I'm taking the under on this one though. They, they, they haven't done this all season. I think maybe against Wisconsin. Yeah. Against Wisconsin, they had five pass plates of 15 yards or more. Every other game they've been under on this. They, they had two against Western Michigan, one against Washington, uh, Four in a bunch of games, so four and a half is not a bad over under for Neil to to settle in on. But um, I I think that they'll be able to pass the ball all right. I don't know if they're going to get a ton of downfield looks. I, I I don't know if they'll have time to in in pass protection, and then also I think Michigan State covers those plays well. I think I think they'll be able to replicate what Northwestern did, which is kind of force Michigan into the checkdowns, which. Obviously Northwestern lost pretty badly, but same time they only allowed one of these kind of plays. So I'm going to take the under on this one. Number four, 74.5 total yards, rushing and receiving. Ah, ah, here we go. Via sometimes he likes to ask these questions to see where, how we feel about injured players. So 74.5 total rushing and receiving yards combined from Roman Wilson and Eric all Roman Wilson did play. Last week, but he only played five snaps. You know, he caught two passes, and then I don't think we saw him the rest of the game. The fact that he played makes me think that he's closer to being full strength than maybe initially the initial concerns were, because um, now he's had four weeks to, I suppose, rest this injury. What do you think about this over under seventy four point five yards? You mentioned Eric All; he's someone who's who's ascending. Um, Not sure what to make of this over-under. What do you think?
1: I'll say over because all is involved. I do think Wilson, obviously, I think he plays. I think he makes a couple. I don't know how big of an impact he's going to have, right? But I do kind of quietly think that Eric All is going to have a a pretty big impact on this game. Uh, So with with it being combined, I think I'll take the over on this one.
0: I'm going to take the under. Eric All had a career game last week. He set career highs in yards, receiving yards and, and, and receptions. But those career highs were five receptions for 34 yards. I mean, it's, you know, I think he, when we talk about him being really, really good, I'm also factoring in the blocking game. He was extremely good run blocker last week. I, I mean, even his best game, he didn't even get to 40 yards. This, this feels like an under, I mean, unless to me, I think this is only hits if Roman Wilson goes off for a bajillion yards Uh, so i'm going to take the under on it all right switching to the defense 99.5 yards rushing for kenneth walker does he have a 100 yard game against the wolverines what do you think
1: i'll say under what do you have 80 against indiana and like 60 61 yards against nebraska so I think Michigan – I'm not saying – he probably is closer to that 80 mark. i say he'd be between 80 and 100 maybe. I guess I suspect Michigan State might have a, a strong scripted drive to begin the game. Maybe he breaks an early run for 15 or 20. But I think, I think Michigan can slow him down. Uh, so I'll say under, but I do think it's somewhere between that 80 and 100 number.
0: Yeah, I mean, if this was 80, I'd probably take the, the over. I will also take the under. I, I think Michigan really, Isaiah Pacheco was the only running back to eclipse 80 rushing yards against the Wolverines this season. I think Evan Hall might have gotten 81. So still, general idea, not a lot of individual running backs are getting a lot of rushing yards against the Wolverines. And, and, and the one game that I'm looking at, just because of how they run the football, and, and the fact that it was a, a toss-up type matchup, I think Michigan was technically the underdog heading into the game. They completely shut Wisconsin's running backs down. And those are good running backs. I mean, they, they had an amazing games just now against the ranked Purdue team. You know, they've, they've put up some pretty nice numbers all season. And they had zero answers. So I think when Michigan really has to, I think they can shut opposing running backs down as well as anyone in the country um, you know, pro football focus grades. Michigan is the number one rush defense team in the country. I don't know if they're number one in actuality, but, but they are, they are extremely productive. They're extremely um, efficient and they, and they don't allow big rushing plays. They've allowed one run of 30 yards or more this season. So I think this is a, this is a matchup. Michigan fans can feel pretty good about. Okay. Number six, Michigan allows 1.5 completed passes of more than 40 yards. So talk about that big play, big passing play defense that challenged the secondary. Do they get two passing plays of 40 or more yards in this contest?
1: 40. Uh, this is another one where it's like if it was at 30, I'd probably take the over, but I'm 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 gonna take the I'm gonna take the under on it. I, I don't see two of 40 plus, but I could see, again, I could see two of like 30 plus. So under, but again, just, just, just by based on the, the just a simple discretion in the number.
0: Yeah. Michigan's only allowed four all season, but if they get a second one, I guess that's all it really takes. Uh, that's a, that's a low under to take, especially knowing Michigan state will try it more than they, than they, than other teams have, I'm going to take the over. I think two is, is just a little too attainable there. Um, I mean, it's not unheard of for Michigan state to do that twice, especially since yards after catch count, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the downfield Hail Mary, but I I think that, I think Michigan state's got really good receivers. I mean, they've basically got three guys that uh, can make catches all over the field that, Michigan state can go to in any down and distance. So yeah, I think, I think they can get to such place. All right. Looking at the havoc numbers, does Michigan get 10 and a half combined sacks quarterback hurries? That's going to be officially, that's not going to be pro football focus. That's going to be officially counted by the box score sacks quarterback hurries, pass breakups and interceptions. So 10 and a half um, havoc plays as they're called Ah, uh, that seems like a an attainable number, especially if Michigan State's gonna pass the ball a decent amount. I mean, I think I think against Michigan a few years ago, didn't Jordan Lewis have like eight pass breakups? I mean, granted, that was a that was a different team and a different coach, but you know, this is a game where where both teams are are gonna be throwing into coverage a little bit. They're gonna be you know trying to make something happen. I think I'm going to take the over on this one. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'll take the over. I think here's one of the other things, too, about this game, and this is, this is why I would pick the over. I, again, we've, we've talked about Aiden Hutchinson's probably been one of the two or three best players in college football this year. Michigan State likes to throw the ball down the field, which means it's going to take a little bit of time for their routes and plays to develop if they want to try to go down the field. Again, I still think there's a decent possibility that Hutchinson and or Ajabo have a pretty solid game because I don't think State has faced a front, at least uh, edges, who even remotely approach what Hutchinson and Ajabo offer. So, And, and again, success and, and havoc plays can be created by just getting enough pressure to cause a mistake or make the a, a throw just be a, a titch off. So um, I'll say over for sure. Not for sure, but I, I feel... Relatively confident on that one, just because it feels like, yeah, state's offense might be conducive to allowing those kind of plays for Michigan.
0: Yeah, Michigan has faced a lot of teams that are very sack averse this season. I think Rutgers was maybe the, the prime example, and and Wisconsin, and a little bit of Nebraska as well. Um, the, I don't, I don't know if Michigan State's going to be quite as sack. Of first. I mean, they, they are um, – they have a good offensive line. It's not like they're going to get cooked on sacks, but, but they have allowed – yeah, they're 27th in sacks allowed per game. Um,
1: Which isn't uh, bad. I don't know. That's you, not you bad. Up, you bring up
0: – right. You bring right, up a good point about they're going to pass it downfield. Those do take time to develop.
1: It does. I mean, that's – you know, I just – they have not faced – a player, obviously, who is even remotely as good as as Aiden Hutchinson is on on the defensive line, in my opinion. So,
0: well, no, I I don't disagree. I will say Aiden Hutchinson only has six sacks this season. Not not like right, but, nothing, but, we, but
1: we know how much we know how much how many issues he's caused for for offenses without even completing the sack. I mean, he's forced defense offenses to
0: necessarily what's being counted here
1: no no no. but i'm saying like even if if he gets a, a quarterback hurry it make gives michigan a better chance for a pass breakup because it'll maybe throw the timing off a little bit down the field or you know pressure obviously leads to interceptions uh there's just so many different ways that those guys up front can kind of manufacture them without actually being the the recipient or the person that is the havoc play right am i am i off yeah. on this or so. Well, I guess the big thing is
0: just like what what's going to be counted as a quarterback hurry because that's, that's a judgment call from the, the home team just deciding that was a quarterback hurry. So, you know, I, we can give the pro football focus numbers to Neil if he wants them. But uh, uh, if you're going based off of the box score quarterback hurries, that's a lot of times that's really just it has to be a very obvious hurry for it to count. I don't know how many Aiden Hutchinson's been accounted for this season but it's not as many as as the pressures that he's created which is 34 in in seven games all right last one here does michigan state go three and out four and a half times so oh so five or more four or less i think i'm gonna take the over on this one i i do expect this to be a game that both defenses kind of have a lot of success in Michigan State quietly if there's one thing that their that their offense is is bad at it is converting on third downs they're 100th nationally in third down conversion percentage so that makes me think that there'll be at least a few opportunities for three and outs especially if they're attempting these low percentage passes downfield I mean you attempt one you have a two-yard run and then don't convert on third down you know suddenly that's a three and out even if you didn't do necessarily anything drastically wrong I'll take the over but that is a high amount of three and outs to expect from a top 10 team Steve what do you think
1: I'll take the over basically because of what you said I could I could see a situation where Michigan State's in second and long pretty consistently and like you said, the, as much as they like to throw the ball down the field, a lot of those second longs could turn into third and longs. So I'll go with the over. I agree. I mean, I don't think they're going to like blow that number away, but I do think that they'll, I think they'll get there. I just, I just like Michigan's front in this matchup. I really do.
0: Yeah. That's, and there's reason for that. Yeah. I'm curious that might be one that I'm keeping an eye on during the game, because I do think that will be indicative of, of what kind of game, Michigan and Michigan state are having is, you know, is, is Michigan state sustaining drives and just getting unlucky in the red zone? Or is it, are they getting the door closed on them a little bit? Anyways, final thoughts on this matchup and your prediction for the game, Steve?
1: Well, I, this is going to be, it's going to be a big game. Obviously. I think uh, like we said, biggest of the rivalry probably ever, given the circumstances, the stakes, what's at stake. I, I just, I don't know. I keep going back to that. I, I just like Michigan a little bit more on paper. I do think despite being a top 10 team, I, I kind of think a lot of people, maybe not nationally because they're starting to get some respect nationally, but I, I think Michigan State's a better team than a lot of people. Like I know they, their schedule hasn't been the toughest so far that you could argue Michigan's hasn't necessarily been either. I just like I like the foundation of how Michigan's team is built a little bit more in terms of potentially winning a game like this. Uh, special teams, I just looked up the numbers. It's one of my favorite things to look up every year. I forgot the FEI, the Football Outsiders uh, special team stats. Michigan has the second best special teams unit in the country, uh, measured by kick return efficiency, kick efficiency, punt return efficiency, punt efficiency. Uh, average field position both defensively and offensively uh, they're number two in the country and they're number two in the country and average in a basically overall uh field position battle so and I can link the stats on that in the thread after we post the podcast but I just I just think Michigan will have enough success to to come out on top I do think Michigan State obviously very capable offensively of giving Michigan more problems than anybody has so far. Uh, But I think the same could be said on the other side. And I think, again, I just, I think the way Michigan is playing football is just, it's very conducive to winning the third and fourth quarter uh, physically. So that being said, it's going to be close. I don't foresee a blowout here. Uh, I would say Michigan, I'm going to say 24 to 20. I think they win. I think Michigan State, I think the line's four and a half. So I guess I'm picking Michigan State to cover, but I am going to take Michigan.
0: Well, our scores are are once again, very similar. Uh, (laughs) As far as the special teams, you're right. Michigan is number two in football outsiders. They're number one in ESPN special teams efficiency. Michigan State is not bad at special teams though. Um, They're better than anyone Michigan has faced this season. Actually, they're number 12 in the FEI and they're number 14 in the FPI uh, for special teams efficiency for both both sites. So it's not like they're, they're some chump team that's going to give up these, these gigantic chunk plays. They have great great punter. Um, really, the, I think the thing that's dragged Michigan State special teams down is they've only made two-thirds of their field goals. But in every other way, they're pretty good at, a re- at returning the ball. They're, they're a pretty good coverage team. Honestly, I think they're about as similar to Michigan as it gets. I mean, they both had, you know, triumphant 38 17 road wins against preseason ranked teams. They both had, you know, weird home trap games in the same weekend against Rutgers and Nebraska. They've both uh, been in dogfights on the road that they didn't necessarily expect to be in at Indiana and, and at Nebraska. Um, so it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, it seems like almost like they, they can match all of each other's. And they're both 7-0. and Of course, that's a big part of it, too, uh, with, with elite, elite running back play kind of leading the charge. So both teams got to roughly the same point. It is fascinating how Michigan probably had the most extreme assistant coaching changes in the country, and Michigan State had the most extreme transfer portal changes in the country this past offseason. But, but here they are, both top 10 both seven and O and both playing really clean. And by clean, I mean, mistake free football uh, for the most part. I think Michigan state has a little bit more mistakes to me. I think this comes down to just, I think Michigan's defense is going to be able to get off the field a little bit more than Michigan state's defense will be able to, I think, I think Michigan has, you know, having two running backs, having maybe a few more, Capable receiving options. I think Michigan State has three guys who are better than anyone on Michigan State's or on Michigan's receiving team. But you, know, you mentioned an Eric All, a Luke Schoonmaker. You know Michigan's comfortable passing to seven guys on the field. So um, to me, I think they they have just enough. I was going to go with Michigan twenty three, Michigan State twenty. So pretty, pretty similar score to yours. Uh, with a tight win and, and Michigan State potentially covering, although that that seems like a high spread for a road for a home top ten team hosting another top ten team. But uh, regardless, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be ugly. I mean, that's that's a I mean forty three combined points is just not very many. But I do think Michigan has the better defense. I think the running game is a push. I think Michigan State has the better passing offense but i think if you if you go really position by position i think michigan comes out just ahead based on what we've been able to see so far this season all right that's gonna do it for us for steve lorenz i'm zach shaw this has been the wolverine 24 7 podcast lots of preview content to come uh gonna have my my uh, keys and a pick probably be a similar pick to the one i did on the podcast but but uh you know we're gonna get some some uh questions answered from our michigan state writers we're gonna get some more st- stories from these press conferences up, check it all out at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247 Sports.com. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time.